Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCuberless. Today, my friends, is Stevie Doosnick. I think I got that all out in one breath. Congratulations, asshole. Oh, boy. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I say that because there will be spoilers, and that is a spoiler warning. That is how those work. Duh, you asshole. Oh, wait. Call myself an asshole? Call you an asshole? This this episode is taking a decidedly assholey turn, and I don't care for it. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow flourish flourish not like a magician does but like a flower does flourish that said all of that said will of course take us into our last piece of podcast related business before we hop into this tv tuesday episode and that is today's sponsor which is the martha stewart potpourri prison shank Once again, today's sponsor is the Martha Stewart Potpourri Prison 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 Shank. Thank you to that for sponsoring this. So so very nice of you. This TV Tuesday episode, listen, I just have a couple of items. They're both kind of similar in that they are, I suppose you would say, reality-ish TV shows, both in which multiple people will come on and talk, and both of which have the potential for funny, one more so than the other. I am, of course, referring to The Marriage Ref and Shark Tank. You see how they're kind of similar? A little bit, a little bit similar. So uh, I thought it would be be making of sense, not like that sentence, to uh, bring them both back on a TV Tuesday. Plus for The Marriage Ref, I don't know what accent that was, Plus, for the marriage ref, uh, I don't think I've ever brought it back before, which is a shame because the show is so funny. I freaking love it. And the missus and I have uh, started watching it a little bit, a little bit, and I have yet to see an episode. I haven't thoroughly enjoyed, so I highly recommend you check it out. It's a simple formula, when you boil it down, of getting funny people together and talking of something. It doesn't matter what it is, but laughs are going to be had. In this case, the formula is... Tom Papa, host, who I feel like I have to say something of Tom Papa. I love him on the show. He's very, very funny on the show. And on a movie Monday quite a few months ago, last year sometime, I would say, 
I watched his stand-up comedy special, and unfortunately, uh, I didn't laugh at it. So, uh, that that is strange to me, because he's, he's so good on the show, he's quick on his toes, and then watching his stand-up special, I had... Um, no laughs, so that's a that's a shame. I, I feel bad even bringing it up. Maybe I'll edit this out, but probably I won't because editing is work. Work hard. And I'm not saying work hard. I'm saying work is hard, but to put the is in the sentence is hard work, so I didn't. So work hard. So Top Papa will have on three celebrity guests. Usually, I think the formula is two comedians and one not comedian. I think that's the usual formula. So in the case of the episode I have brought back, which is just one of many, the celebrity folks were Jason Alexander, who you may know as George Costanza from Seinfeld. Oh, that's Seinfeld with a burp in the middle, so does that make it more funny? Maybe. Maybe it does. Just sort of on the note of Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld is like a co-creator of this show, I think, with Tom Papa, I think is how it works, executive producer, or some show, or some such. He's very heavily involved with it. They had on Cedric... <laughs> I should just leave it. They had on Cedric... Cedric who, you might ask? Oh, Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs> that is such a weird thing to me, Cedric quote-unquote, the entertainer. Uh, I don't get it. Anyways, he, he is a funny dude. It's just the name is so strange to me and doesn't make sense, but I suppose maybe that's part of its appeal. And then lastly, and certainly not leastly, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, who had some uh, some good jokes as well, which uh, is another sort of theme I've seen develop on the show, is that the non-comedian person on the show will quite often have quite a few funny things to do, funny things to say, so... Uh, I like that. Mm, you know what? I just realized there is some cynic in me that thinks perhaps it is edited where they give these non-funny people something funny to say and then edit out the part where they're told what to say. Very, very cynical. That probably doesn't happen. But the thought entered my mind, so I let it flow out into the ether, the ether being this a podcast. Okay, so you have your contestants, uh, it's not really a game show. It does kind of have a game show feel to it, though. So you have your famous folk, and then uh, a series of couples, married couples, I, I believe they have to be married, as the title indicates, will come on with various problems. The three celebrities will pick a side on who's going to win the debate between the couples, and then Tom Papa, who is the marriage ref, the titular, <laughs> titular oh boy will decide which person wins the argument okay you with me it's a it's a good formula very very smart whoever uh you know came up with this idea pretty goddamn smart so what i have done for our purposes is brought back the four different arguments and then we can talk about and decide who should win and uh, you know go from there if you will uh the first couple was an older couple they were retired and I guess deciding where to move as sort of their last move before um, they die. So that's kind of depressing. They, they didn't frame it around that sort of thought exactly, but yeah, that was sort of the idea is your last house you're going to live in, where should we live to spend our declining years sort of thing. Sad, now that I think about it. Very uh, very cute couple. The, uh, the options 
that they had were uh, L.A., where the uh, girl wanted to move, or Amish country, where the guy wanted to move. So, <laughs> as far as deciding where to move, I don't think you could have two more different places. Yeah, L.A. and Amish country, that's, uh, that's I suppose if you were going to go out of the States, there, there might be some options that are crazier. But within the States, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. How about Hawaii and Alaska? That's, that's equally crazy. Now, they, uh, I'm going to give away, but I did give a spoiler warning. I'm going to give away who won. It was the L.A. decision, which uh, I think makes sense, because when you're old, you don't want to have to worry about shoveling snow and cold and things like that. Uh, and L.A. has got probably everything you could ever desire, so uh, I suppose it makes sense. I think Florida does make more sense, because in L.A., it's... I've never been there, but it's sort of famous for having that you have to have a car and you have to be able to drive because everything's so far apart. So you reach an age where driving just ain't possible anymore. And uh, I also think L.A. public transit is pretty sparse, let's say, from what I've heard over the years. So I guess if the choice is between the two, they made the right choice, but I think there's better options than these two. Uh, okay, so number two was Hotel Shampoo Collection. Uh, this dude, who I guess is out on the road a lot, I don't remember what his occupation was, or if they even said it, sales, let's say. I don't know. And uh, spends, spends a lot of time on the road in hotels, and every time he does, he will steal the hotel shampoos and had amassed a giant, a giant collection of them. And not just shampoos, but like shower caps, soap, toothbrush, things, blah, I don't know. Whatever they have in a hotel, he had pretty much poofered. And uh, the wife was, not, I don't even think so much upset that he did this, just that the stockpile had grown to such a degree that uh, it was getting unwieldy, to say the least. This one was interesting, and I think probably a good example of a compromise where both parties are unhappy. And that's how, uh, I forget where I've heard that saying, it's uh, I think a very, very old saying that. Uh, you can tell, a, and I'm going to muddle this up from what it actually is, you can tell a compromise is fair when both parties are unhappy, <laughs> which I think they were in this case. He was allowed to keep the stockpile and keep stockpiling, however, he also had to donate sort of large portions of it to, like, a homeless shelter or what have you. So he wasn't happy for that. Uh, she wasn't happy that he got to keep it. And, you know, best and worst of both worlds, which is, uh, I think, where you should be in a marriage. Compromising thusly. Okay, number C is badminton. <laughs> this guy loves playing badminton. The wife doesn't like the amount of love he gives to the sport of badminton. Very, very strange. I have no idea how I forgot to mention my badminton joke that I used to tell in high school gym class when we played badminton. It goes a little something like this. If I had a dog, and his name was Mitten, and he shat on the floor, I would say badminton. Back to the show. They had <laughs> one thing that sort of came up over the course of this is they hadn't been married that long, and her sort of gripe is that she, he is not spending enough time with her because he's spending a lot of time playing badminton. And 
all, all the people on the panel were saying things along the lines of, okay, well, wait till you're married 10 years and you'll be praying that he goes play badminton and leave you alone for a while. So uh, <laughs> I like that kind of... Now, the missus and I have been married for, what, uh, good thing she doesn't listen to me do this podcast and stumble through trying to figure out how long we've been married. Um, six years? I think six years. Has it been that long? I don't know. Anyways, uh, we're good together, we're great together, and we're good alone. We, I think we have a very, very good balance of spending time with one another and spending time by ourselves. I, I would go so far to say as, like, the perfect balance. Maybe a little more together would be nice, actually. But, uh, you know, fairly perfect balance, let's say. This was an interesting couple, and I don't know if this is racist of me to think this is quote-unquote interesting, as I just said, but uh, the girl was Chinese and the guy was Indian? I don't know. Uh, that's probably racist to me, of me to think that that is a, is a couple that doesn't happen very often, a, a Chinese and Indian couple. I suppose it does, but uh, I don't think I've ever met, in fact, I know I've never met or seen a Chinese and Indian couple before, so hey, there you go. Take that at face value. That, that's all I'm saying. It is not racist. Jesus, get off my back. What I like, my favorite part of this, and the missus as well, is that uh, I think the, the guy's mom, the guy who was Indian, his mom was living with them, and in one of their arguments that started to get a little heated, the, uh, the, the wife, the Chinese wife, brought the mom into it, and the mom was just sort of lurking in the background just sort of stealthily, but not very eavesdropping, and you could just see her kind of come into the frame of the shot, and then back away slowly. <laughs> just picturing it makes me laugh. So, so good. I don't actually remember the verdict for this one. I think it was, yeah, uh, let him play badminton. Keeps him in shape, keeps him healthy. Uh, eventually we'll keep him out of your hair. It's, it's good for everybody involved. So, there. Okay, the last one was, uh, should this dude be allowed to go out, uh, should this husband be allowed to leave his wife behind for six months and go out on the road as a backup singer for a, uh, rapper? Yeah, that's, uh, that's what he wanted to do. And surprise, surprise, she didn't think this was such a good idea. Uh, this guy had sort of playa, that's P-L-A-Y-A-H, playa, written all over him. Like, he, he was, he guaranteed he would have cheated on her. There's no, no doubts about it that he would have. One of those kind of, please, baby, baby, please, baby, baby, please, attitudes, and you just know he's, he's slimy and, you know, slimy, shady individual. And I don't trust them. Uh, this one was interesting because they came up with the verdict, Tom Papa did, but then it changed after the panelists had a little uh, powwow and discussed what would be even more perfecter. Uh, originally, the verdict was, yes, you can go, but you have to take your wife with you. He immediately balked at that suggestion, which just goes to show you. Like, he wanted nothing to do with her coming. And then they did something that I, I think was a really, really good compromise, and that was periodically over the course of these six months, she would, without warning, meet up with them. 
Now, it's the without, I think this might have been uh, Martha Stewart's idea. Uh, it's the without warning thing that really, really seems like a good idea because that way he's got to behave himself at all times because she's going to pop up without warning. <laughs> he was like, what, what? No, no, that's horrible. I, I don't want her popping up, scaring the hell out of me anytime. Yeah, he, he wanted to cheat. Come on. There's, there's, it was blatantly obvious, and he's not going to get away with it, is my theory. So, that's how that ended. Okay, folks, well, uh, finished marriage ref on the way to work. Uh, I think I have a little less to talk about as far as Shark Tank. Kids edition, I should mention. So uh, we'll save that for the drive home, and it probably won't take up the whole drive home, if I had to guess, if I had to guess. So for now, I will say that from time to time, I usually say, what? Just friggin' say it, you asshole. Oh, man. It is nice. No? Not that. I mean, love you, dearies. Fuck, I fucked that up bad. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back! We are back! We are back! Back! We are back! Back in action! Hello again! Well, well, etc. Another work day under my belt. And a busy one, no less. I friggin' every day this week. Non-stop from the moment I get there. Whew, I am dog-tired, and there's still two days to go. So... That is not good, but thus concludes Jordan's work talk. Let's move in to Shark Tank. Let's not actually move into a Shark Tank, because, well, it's a tank filled with sharks, and then they'll eat us and we'll die. We don't want that. Let's rather discuss the television program Shark Tank, Aha. which is uh, basically just stolen from Dragon's Den, the Canadian version, and I know there's a British version, so my assumption is that the British version came first, and then the Canadian one, and then, for some reason, Americans had something against dragons, and decided to call it Shark Tank instead. I don't know. I don't know. Two of the people, even on Shark Tank, are the same that were on the Canadian version Dragon's Den, so that just goes to show you something. I'm not sure what, but something. Uh, this was an episode devoted entirely to quote-unquote kids. I think the oldest was... was he 17, 16, 15? He was a teenager, let's just say that, and not yet 18. Kind of an interesting idea, I suppose. Although, for me, it doesn't really add much in the way of interest. I'm more interested in what the products and ideas that the people are bringing in are, rather than who is actually bringing them. First one was a young man who had come up with an invention that would infuse your water with fruit flavors. Uh, basically, it was a container. In the bottom, you would put, like, chopped up fruit, I guess, uh, and then screw on the top pour water over the whole thing and let it sit for 15 minutes and ain't nobody got time for that as sweetie whatever pie girl would say you know what i mean <laughs> anyways and then that would sort of infuse your water with the fruit flavorings is the idea uh i'd never heard of anything like this apparently there are things like this on the market his sort of distinction is that his is all clear so you could sort of see the fruit, and <laughs> I don't know why that's such a good selling point. Now, I could see all my gross, friggin' mushy, fluke, 
flute, fruit floating around. Mm, yes, much better. I don't get this whole sort of idea. Uh, on the one hand, I do, and let me explain that every single day at work, five days a week, I will drink a bottle of water at lunchtime. Uh, I do not like just water. What am I, a friggin' prisoner in a prison? No. Uh, so I, I put crystal light in it. They make these little packets of crystal light, sort of one packet per one bottle. I'd never, I did it first, but have learned, this is a little fact, a little tidbit, a little uh, Jordan's advice for you, that uh, you don't need the entire pack for one bottle. You could probably even, if you really stretch it out, one packet will do two bottles of water. So, you know, helpful tip for saving some money. For all you out there who drink water and put crystal light packets in it. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? So I do get the whole not having water that tastes like water, which is nothing, idea. But uh, I don't think I would buy fruit and chop it up and then buy this bottle that was like 30 bucks or something like that. But I digress. And I digress into something that I don't think has ever happened on a uh, episode be it Movie Monday, TV Tuesday, Book Wednesday, or Video Games Day, or Frack Internet Day. And that is, I'm stopping on my way home to get something to eat. Never been done before. So, I will edit, edit, edit this out, and be back in some moments. Editing. 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 On the road again. That was the most insane on the road again remix I think that Voice Box has ever come up with. So thank you for that. Uh, okay, so uh, you know what? Fuck it, I'm eating, and then I'll edit that out too. It'll be seamless, though. I swear. Editing. Okay, uh, dinner eaten, and it was delicious. Since I already gave you the uh, Crystal Light tidbit tip, just the tip, uh, I feel I can give you this one as well. Uh, my first time ever from Tim Hortons getting the uh, grilled cheese with tomato bacon. Goddamn delicious. There you go. Tip of the day. Buy one. They're, they're good. Okay, so I forget what I was talking about with a few infused water and... Uh, you know, whatever. So, let's move on to the next item, which was savory honey. So, this ain't your granddaddy's honey. Why do I think he might have used that? I think he might have used the example. This ain't your grand granddaddy's honey. It's like garlic honey and, I don't know, other savory types of honey. Isn't, uh, like, honey going to disappear one of these days because of, you know, bees dying and stuff? So, that's a dicey proposition to get into the honey biz. That being said, uh, yeah, I tried some savory honeys. I love honey. Savory's nice. Put them both together. And, uh, you know, bam. Good good stuff, presumably. Uh, one, My one fact of honey that I always tell people, probably to their great annoyance, is that honey is the only food that doesn't go bad. Hmm, how about that? Fact. Uh, there was a guy who had a website, and when I say guy, I mean a teenager, who had a website that you could send in your old phones and gadgets for money. There's plenty of sites that do that. His apparently gives you the best price, and 
there was other sort of things that you would stand above, and he made a fair amount of money. Man, that, that was the one thing that pissed me off about these friggin' kids. Is when I was that age, I was not making money. I was probably eating Play-Doh and sticking my finger up my nose, and these guys are, some of them, not all of them on this show, were had already made, you know, thousands of dollars. It is jealousy, but still, little buggers, go eat some Play-Doh. Last but not least was the youngest of the folks, a young girl who it's not so much her biz, I didn't, I don't think, as her father's. Uh, I say that because there's sort of chemical engineers involved, and I assume this young girl doesn't have too many friends who are chemical engineers, so it kind of had the feel that she was more of a prop. That being said, the product was cool. It was paint on band-aids in, like, different colors, that I suppose would appeal to kids. There's also skin colors as well. Cool for the reason that it's very, very sciencey. Uh, a lot of the stuff involved in doing that. They're like uh, waterproof, stay on all day, set up fairly quick. A lot of advantages over your typical band-aid. I would buy that, sure. If they had like uh, Tardis Blue, I, I would need Tardis Blue. Or, or you know what would be cool? If, yeah, you could customize your colors and get TARDIS blue. Anyways, that's uh, that's basically it for Shark Tank Kids whatever's kid episode. All products that I think are, uh, at the very least, reasonable products that reasonable human beings would potentially buy. Now, that's not going to set the world on fire. You're not going to make billions of dollars with products like that. But uh, these are kids, and it's sort of their first idea. And I think they even mentioned that on the show, that... These kids, whose ideas these are their firsts for businesses, have come this far. So imagine where they're going to be after they've sort of completed their schooling and they're, they've learned the harsh realities that the uh, world sucks. Yeah, after the world has crushed their spirits, come back with a new idea and it's going to be bigger and better than ever or they'll give up. Those are sort of your two options, I assume. Wow, cynical. Let's get cynical cynical. Folks, uh, I'm not at home, but I am done. You know what? Uh, kind of cool, actually. little tidbit, a little behind-the-scenes action. I'm not at home, but I am almost at my new home. Uh, and when I say that, I mean the dirt lot where my new home will be built, because on this TV Tuesday drive home, I have to stop and give them another goddamn check. They Silly, silly people. They want money for this house that they're giving me. And periodically, I've had to stop and drop off checks. Yes, for the down payment of said house. So that's what I'm doing right now. Behind the scenes action completed. Uh, I will say, though, as I do from time to time, that it is nice to be nice to the nine. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. 
ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.